Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at LMFM.ie Thursday morning, the 11th of March. Good morning. With much debate and discussion from now till 11am, this is Michael Reed on LMFM. One year ago today, on the 11th of March 2020, Ireland recorded the first death from the novel coronavirus, COVID-19. The world as we knew it was beginning to end and would remain under a lockdown of one sort or another for the next 12 months. And COVID was not just taking hold here, but right around the world. WHO has been assessing this outbreak around the clock and we're deeply concerned both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, uh, the Director General of uh, the World Health Organization, who one year ago to the day declared COVID to be a global pandemic. We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. One year on, the world has shown a remarkably resilient response, developing exceptionally effective vaccines against the virus, serious illness and death. What is the issue regarding policies around vaccination? and what you're allowed to do when you're vaccinated or when you're not vaccinated. The biggest complaint now is fairness and if the vaccine is being delivered quickly enough to people here. Access to vaccine is inequitous, then inequity and unfairness can be further um, um, branded into the system if we continue to make decisions on what people can and can't do, where they can and can't go on the basis of being vaccinated. When being vaccinated itself is not something that everyone has equal access to. Mike Ryan of the World Health Organization which is very concerned actually about whether some of the world's poorest people will have vaccines available to them, not just this year but the year after as well. In fact some countries may wait until 2024 before anti-COVID vaccines become available to them. Back home we're comparing ourselves as falling behind the success of countries like the US, the UK, Israel, Denmark and other Austria. The National Vaccination Programme is based on the scheme being coordinated by the European Commission. First of all, we've taken on all our full um, offerings from uh, the European Union and the pre-purchase agreements in respect of the companies that have so far been authorised um, in, in, in terms of uh, Pfizer-BioNTech, Moderna and AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca has not fulfilled um, its contractual commitments 
to the European Union has fallen very, very significantly short of its contractual commitments to Europe. That has caused considerable annoyance within the European Union. The Taoiseach, Michal Martin, says that while the European Union's problems are our problems, uh, the fault in uh, the slow pace of uh, the rollout of the vaccination programme lies with the pharmaceutical companies, especially AstraZeneca. There is an issue, which I would grant, between um, you know, the performance of AZ in respect of the UK market uh, and the European contract. Uh, that is a fair point, uh, and that needs to be further examined in terms of the delivery to the UK market from AZ. And it's, it, it, it appears very much in sharp contrast, uh, is in sharp contrast to the presentation, or sorry, to the, to, to the fulfilment of its uh, contract um, with, 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 with the European Union. The Taoiseach, Michal Martin. Colin Markey is a member of uh, the European Parliament, uh, Fine Gael MEP, and on the line with us now. And a very good morning to you, Colin Markey, and thanks indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. Do you think uh, that the people of this country have been let down by the negotiating skills or lack of them by the European Union? I certainly think that, a look, there's probably lessons to be learned from it from a start. I think definitely there's a general acceptance that certainly with AstraZeneca, the situation hasn't worked out as well as it should have. Obviously, there was productivity issues in the plant, but I think definitely, I, I think if you look at the, the UK situation where they, they basically had a UK first clause in their contract, I think that they definitely we probably could have had a... a Done, done a bit better. But in fairness, I think certainly there's, there's a certain amount of criticism to be levelled. But to have organised the whole of Europe together and to have uh, contact with all the, if you like, put contracts in with all the big pharma producers, it did. You talked there earlier about uh, equality. It led for greater equality across Europe. There has been there has been challenges in terms of AstraZeneca in particular. Mm. But I think the overall but the, approach the, the, the contracts was were the right in approach. before approval, weren't they? And uh, the delay was in uh, approving the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine by the EMA, the European Medicines Agency. And today, that same agency is set to approve the Johnson and Johnson vaccines. We've already ordered them, but what is it? We're ten days behind America. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things there. Like the AstraZeneca didn't produce their, their paperwork for a registration in Europe as quick as they did in the UK, for for one thing. Like that that, that clearly was one issue that didn't help. So there, there was a number of things that delayed, if you like. But I do think certainly on the AstraZeneca side, it was it, it could have been better. I think the Pfizer-BioNTech scenario, bearing in mind that BioNTech was funded by the European Union to, to do the research uh, and BioNTech is a European company. And I think that there, there is a bit of, sadly, there's a bit of a, a vaccine nationalism going on, if you like, because if you like, AstraZeneca is very much aligned with the UK and in ways Johnson & Johnson to some degree uh, is aligned with the US now. There is Johnson & Johnson product, uh, process uh, facilities in Europe too, which is a help. But definitely, I think the fact that the EU got some things right and some things wrong. The investment in, in research mm. at the start was very good. And uh, the idea of bringing everyone together, it's probably the biggest initiative that Europe has done in terms of collective, uh, we'll say purchase anyway, but definitely collective operation. And uh, I think definitely they, they were good steps and it's the first time they've done it. So clearly there's, there's learning from it. But on such a critical issue, 
it is disappointing and it, there has been questions asked as to why the AstraZeneca thing went so so far wrong, if you like. Mm, well, there's that and that's a problem, I suppose, that each of the European countries has had to face into. But there's also questions uh, then uh, about how Germany is doing so well with its vaccination programme or, or the Danes, for that matter, who have been outsourcing vaccines and uh, why Ireland uh, are behind uh, in terms of looking outside and beyond this country. Well, Ireland is ahead of the European average. I'm not saying obviously that's like if you take if you take Germany, you're talking about the biggest country in Europe, and obviously, like uh, they they have looked at alternatives, and some of the Eastern European countries have looked at alternatives too. Uh, from an Irish perspective, where we're like I think the European average is is about nine percent, and we're over mm. ten, ten and a half percent. So we're marginally ahead. I think any vaccines that come into this country, we've made sure that they've been delivered or would have been used within. I think. Primarily within three days, but at worst case scenario, within a week. Mm. If you go to France, for instance, the, the level of usage is, is way low. Our level of take-up is way lower down. So, right, we haven't got it perfect, but we wouldn't be. We're, we're kind of, we're, we're better than a lot. And I suppose the but most of us, is, Most of us would have hoped to have had a summer, to have had been vaccinated ourselves or for the majority of the population to have been vaccinated so that we would have some confidence about doing some things that we have no confidence about doing now, things that we're not allowed to do for that matter. And it seems as though that's only a pipe dream and that it'll be the autumn before the vast majority of the population are vaccinated. I would imagine you're probably certainly looking at the middle of the summer, there's no doubt about it. But if you turn the clock back six months to, to have thought that you'd have a vaccine by, by the winter, uh, like originally it was estimated that this was going to take a year and a half or two years. Mm. So the fact that it, it was delivered, I think the, the other but thing... You can understand the frustration vaccine, of people is, in that the government had said a million in April, yes. a million in May, a million in June, and now they're saying, well, no, it'll be July really before we get I, around I think to this. In, in reality, there's a couple of things here, certainly at European level and perhaps to a lesser degree at national level, there was probably a, a little bit of kind of overcommitment or needed to be a little bit more conservative about expectation, I suppose. And if you like, they created this expectation among people that, mm. that was going to roll out that quick. And that was probably uh, the wrong thing to do. I think a, a more conservative yeah. approach at the time would have helped. But and the Taoiseach saying yesterday that he, he spoke to the Germans, uh, they don't have vaccines to give. He spoke to Boris Johnson. He said, well, I might have uh, some surplus but I'm going to vaccinate all of the UK before I think about giving them to anybody else. Uh, He doesn't seem to be contemplating asking Joe Biden, doesn't believe that there are spare vaccines anywhere. And uh, there is also talk now that uh, in this scramble, because we're in a scramble compared to countries like Denmark or Austria who are ahead of the curve and anticipated this uh, and are way ahead of us, uh, that we're talking about maybe looking at uh, the Russian vaccine, the Sputnik vaccine. Well, the first things first, I think we're getting 46,500 extra Pfizer vaccines this month because the, the glitches on their side seems to be seems to be sorted out. Now, as regards the Pfizer vaccine, like, or sorry, as regards the Sputnik vaccine, I, look, if, if the Sputnik vaccine works, we're not going to be into this, uh, if you like, nationalism around where we're getting vaccines or make a political game of it. Wherever there's an effective vaccine, like they've only produced their paperwork to Europe in the last week and it will be approved in the appropriate way like everything else but there, 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 there appears to be a limited amount of data for the Sputnik vaccine which is going to be a problem in terms of approval but if it can be approved there's no reason why it shouldn't and there's no reason why it shouldn't be used there's no doubt about that. And that it'll be approved European wide? 
Well, that's the intention. It's, it's, it's mm. provided the paperwork to Europe at this stage, and okay. it, the intention would be it would be approved European wide. Now, I do think it may take a bit of time because of the fact that it does take time paperwork wise, and, and equally, the, there was concerns about the level of data being produced on it. Yeah. Well, as, as we're seeing, and as we're seeing at the moment uh, in the case of Johnson and Johnson, but the good news I think is that the expectation is uh, that that will receive approval today and will arrive shortly. And uh, as uh, the Taoiseach had put it at one time, could prove to be a game changer because of its effectiveness and because you only need one jab. Yeah, certainly. It's effectiveness in the one jab. I think the, the now, I'll put a big rider in this when I say it, but definitely uh, there, there's talk of 600,000 uh, doses of it in the next three months. And I suppose when it's only one one aid injection, it means then that that goes twice as far, if you like, as 600 of a two-dose vaccine would go. So hopefully that will be delivered. I, I would put a, a serious say, rider on it in terms of making sure that, like, don't, mm. we just have to see how it works out. Yeah. But well, that's there the is intention. a problem there, of course, that they say like that the it may be the end of June before we get that 600,000. Yeah, well, they're mm-hmm. April, May and June are the three months to suggest that there'll be 600,000. And look, the nature of these things is, is there is, if you like, leading in terms of getting the supply, the production side right. And that, that has proved some of the challenges. And I think that's probably where people need to take their time in terms of creating deadlines and expectations until the, the system was up and running. And I think the same applies for Johnson & Johnson this time. Hopefully they'll deliver on that 600,000. I think in fairness to Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer, they've been genuine in their efforts to deliver what was what, what they had committed to. If if they had it, they, they got it out there. I think the question more so has been with AstraZeneca in terms of, like, they seem to have favoured the UK over, over Europe. And that's, given that Europe did invest money into the research in AstraZeneca as well. I think that's that's disappointing to say the mm. least and I think it's something that will have to be followed up and there has to be questions asked about it. Like, Okay, well that's 600,000 uh, due to come sometime in uh, the three months, April, May, June, but they say that it'll be at the very end of June before they actually arrive in the country. Let's hope uh, that uh, they can do it quicker than that and that we all get vaccinated sooner rather than later. And thank you indeed for talking to us and joining us on the programme this morning. Fine Gael MEP Colin Markey.